A Fight with a Cannon by Victor Hugo La Ville was suddenly cut short by a cry of despair, and at the same time a noise was heard wholly unlike any other sound. The cries and sounds came from within the vessel. The captain and lieutenant rushed toward the gun deck, but could not get down. All the gunners were pouring up in dismay. Something terrible had just happened. One of the carronades of the battery, a twenty-four-pounder, had broken loose. This is the most dangerous accident that can possibly take place on shipboard. Nothing more terrible can happen to a sloop of was in open sea and under full sail. A cannon that breaks its moorings suddenly becomes some strange supernatural beast. It is a machine transformed into a monster. That short mass of wheels moves like a billiard ball, rolls with the rolling of the ship, plunges with the pitching, goes, comes, stops, seems to meditate, starts on its course again, shoots like an arrow from one end of the vessel to the other, whirls around, slips away, dodges, rears, bangs, crashes, kills, exterminates. It is a battering ram capriciously assaulting a wall. Add to this the fact that the ram is of metal, the wall of wood. It is matter set free. One might say, this eternal slave was avenging itself. It seems as if the total depravity concealed in what we call inanimate things has escaped and burst forth all of a sudden. It appears to lose patience, and to take a strange, mysterious revenge, nothing more relentless than this wrath of the inanimate. This enraged lump leaps like a panther. It has the clumsiness of an elephant, the nimbleness of a mouse, the obstinacy of an ox, the uncertainty of the billows, the zigzag of the lightning, the deafness of the grave. It weighs ten thousand pounds, and it rebounds like a child's ball. It spins, and then abruptly darts off again at right angles. And what is to be done? How to put an end to it? A tempest ceases, a cyclone passes over, a wind dies down, a broken mass can be replaced, a leak can be stopped, a fire extinguished, but what will become of this enormous brute of bronze? How can it be captured? You can reason with a bulldog, astonish a bull, fascinate a bull, frighten a tiger, tame a lion, but you have no resource against this monster or loose cannon. You cannot kill it, it is dead, and at the same time it lives. It lives with a sinister life which comes to it from the infinite. The deck beneath it gives it full swing. It is moved by the ship, which is moved by the sea, which is moved by the wind. This destroyer is a toy. The ship, the waves, the winds, all play with it, hence its frightful animation. What is to be done with this apparatus? How to fetter this stupendous engine of destruction? How to anticipate its comings and goings, its returns, its stops, its shocks? Any one of the blows on the side of the ship may stave it in. How foretell its frightful meanderings? It is dealing with a projectile which alters its mind, which seems to have ideas, and changes its direction every instant. How to check the course of what must be avoided? The horrible cannon struggles, advances, backs, strikes right, strikes left, retreats, passes by, disconcerts expectation, grinds up obstacles, crushes men like flies. All the terror of the situation is in the fluctuations of the flooring. How fight an inclined plane subject to caprices? The ship has, so to speak, in its belly, an imprisoned thunderstorm, striving to escape, something like a thunderbolt rumbling above an earthquake. In an instant the whole crew was on foot. It was the fault of the gun-captain, who had neglected to fasten the screw-nut of the mooring-chain, and had insecurely clogged the four-wheels of the gun-carriage. This gave play to the sole and the framework, separated the two platforms and the breaching. The tackle had given way, so that the cannon was no longer firm on its carriage. The stationary breaching, which prevents recoil, was not in use at this time. A heavy sea struck the port, the carronade, 
insecurely fastened, had recoiled and broken its chain, and begun its terrible course over the deck. To form an idea of this strange sliding, let one imagine a drop of water running over a glass. At the moment when the fastenings gave way, the gunners were in the battery, some in groups, others scattered about, busied with the customary work among sailors, getting ready for a signal for action. The carronade, hurled forward by the pitching of the vessel, made a gap in this crowd of men, and crushed four at the first blow. Then, sliding back and shot out again as the ship rolled, it cut in two a fifth unfortunate, and knocked a piece of the battery against the larboard side with such force as to unship it. This caused the cry of distress just heard. All the men rushed to the companionway. The gun deck was vacated in a twinkling. The enormous gun was left alone. It was given up to itself. It was its own master and master of the ship. It could do what it pleased. This whole crew, accustomed to laugh in the time of battle, now trembled. To describe the terror is impossible. 